You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast. Welcome back to the Apple Insider Podcast. I'm Mike Worthley, and joining me is Victor Marks. I think that means I can just go get a cup of tea, doesn't that? <laughs> well, you tell me, Victor. I was actually about to say, Victor, welcome back. Uh, you, Thank you. You missed an interesting week, but you're here for the event and the launch. Things. I mean, you, you didn't know about the iPhone launch and event things. You were here for that, weren't you? I was. I was around for that one. Yeah. Okay. I was. I was quite exciting. What did you think? I. You know, I'm. I'm mixed, and we'll get into that in just a moment. I, I think we need to talk about both what was announced and also the event itself and the way that these things are presented. And, uh, but I, I think obviously what was announced was a lot more important or more uh, longer term interesting than the event itself. But there's, there's some commentary to be had here. First of all, I want to talk about OmniFocus for the web. You use it, don't you? Uh, excessively, yes. Yeah. Um, OmniFocus is a professional to-do list manager that helps you, as the tagline says, accomplish more every day. And the benefits of OmniFocus are lower stress because OmniFocus remembers everything for you. Better planning because OmniFocus makes planning and reviewing easy. Getting work done on time because OmniFocus tells you what you need to do next. OmniFocus for the web shipped earlier this year. It's a browser-based companion app to OmniFocus for Mac and iOS. Where there's a browser, you have OmniFocus, and it syncs with OmniFocus for Mac and iOS. Designed for laptop or desktop use, particularly for people who have to use Windows or Linux, or who can't install software on their Mac. You know, if you had a work Mac, for example, if there was there was some reason administratively why you weren't supposed to install additional software, you could use the web. And it includes core features of OmniFocus, actions, projects, tags, due dates, and more. And more features are on the way. There's a forecast feature in testing right now. The Apple Insider Review calls it unparalleled online software engineering. To learn more, try it out. Go to OmniFocus.com. Now, before we talk event, first of all, I'm Victor and you're William. Mm-hmm. I was just having fun with the introduction there. The there, there are a couple of apps that I'd like to highlight that I think are really interesting. And I'm not going to say a whole lot about them. This isn't a full-blown app review. It's just these are tips for things that I think are cool. First of all, Dark Noise is an application that I have enjoyed a lot. It is a, a app that fits within that sort of white noise classification in terms of playing background music like like uh, oh, waterfalls or rivers or rainfall are very common for that kind of application or white noise. But this one also does interesting things like mechanical t- keyboard typing mm. or, or the noise of a desk fan or things like that. And what I've found is that if you listen to music with words, it can be distracting away from your work and make you less productive. But if you put a mechanical keyboard typing in the background, it, it feels like you're in an office and almost in competition with someone else who's being more productive than you. And it will get you to be more productive as a byproduct. It's kind of fun. I like it. I like the app. I like the way that its interface is done. It's really well done. I'm very happy with it. So look for Dark Noise app. That's a good one. Um, another one that I want to mention is Cards, which is is going to be renamed Cluster Cards, and uh, or Cards Cluster. I can never remember. Forgive me. But but if you look for Cards, it's a business card scanning app. And I was just in an event in um, far far away in Hong Kong, and 
you you get a lot of business cards from people and you need to scan them and then be able to do things with those cards. And I've tried a number of these things. I've tried Card Munch. I've used ABYY's Fine Reader Card Scanner, all, all kinds of applications for doing this. And this one is really cool. And it's uh, it's even got Siri shortcuts involved, which is a lot of fun. And lastly, I want to mention Apollo. Apollo is a Reddit app. So if you're into Reddit, and Reddit is a mirror of the internet, and, and whatever's good on the internet is on Reddit, and whatever's bad on the internet is probably on Reddit as well, probably in some banned subreddit. And the the cool thing about Apollo is that it's better than the homegrown, the actual official Reddit app. If you're looking for one because you like using Reddit, this is the way to go. Check out Apollo. So those are my personal endorsements, not not anything that's being paid for as ads. It's just those are apps I found lately that I thought were cool that I thought I'd mention. Can I throw one in? Because you put it in my head. OmniFocus itself. Uh, itself. You talked about the web version, which is amazingly useful. But I, I cannot wait for OmniFocus for iOS 13 and iPad OS 13. Yeah, I, I'm not on any of the test uh, beats I haven't been using in this, but hearing what they're doing and what they're adding, it's just a really exciting time to be using apps, I think. So yay for apps. This is App Week. Yay, apps. Yeah. Well, well, I'm you know, I'm particularly hiding the indie app developer, right? The small time, the indie app developer, the 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 single developer kind of thing. Um, Julian Chavo is the developer of the business card scanning app. He lives in Hong Kong. I did not get the chance to meet him. I hope that I do the next time I'm out that way. And he was the award winner of a WWDC scholarship. He's like 15 years old. It's it's really awesome to see people that are are making apps for these things that are younger than OS 10 itself that are that are doing really cool stuff with this thing so you don't like the fact that I'm making iOS apps that aren't particularly cool uh, so I'm old and functional but okay fine we we will review your old and functional apps written by old and functional people some other time yeah I'd have to tell you what it was first and I'm not sure I can take that scrutiny <laughs> uh, so, uh, but this is, as I said, it's that week, isn't it? There's nothing else going on, is there at all? Not a thing. No? no? Not, not a thing at all. Are you going to pre-order? That's the question. Well, so, so let's talk about this. Um, the A couple of days ago, on September 10th, Apple had a big party, and they invited everyone to the Steve Jobs Theater, and they announced Apple TV Plus, and I'm so excited. I'm going to go ahead and get that right away. I'm going to have a year's subscription to that. By buying some new hardware, potentially. So my my uh, my wife walked in while we were watching the keynote and saw Jason Momoa on the screen for the uh, the C trailer, and said, "Oh my goodness, what is that? That's Jason Momoa. Can we get that?" And I looked up at her and I said, "Why, yes, yes, we can. Five dollars a month." And so I think one of the things that you and I have been asking ourselves and other people have been asking themselves is how is Apple going to make this thing a success? How is Apple going to attract people to a content business? And what is Apple trying to do? Is Apple trying to out Netflix, Netflix? What, what, what's going on here basically is the question because it doesn't, you know, traditionally the, the whole thing about Apple has been to take a device or to take a, a user problem and solve it through superior software and hardware. And then years ago, Apple said, we're no longer Apple computer, we're just Apple, because we do everything now. 
We don't have to be a computer company. We do more than computers. And everyone said, yeah, yeah, sure, that's fine, right? We, we believe you. Keep making those computers. And now we're seeing the, the sort of expansion with Apple Health, with, with all kinds of things like this, and now into content. And it occurred to me the other day that, that Apple is not trying to out-Netflix Netflix. Apple is trying to out-HBO HBO. Is it? I think it is. And, and it, it resonates with me like this because I think that if you look at the scope of Apple's programming and what they say they're trying to do with it, Right? They say that they're trying to tell good stories. They're trying to tell interesting stories that are a little deeper than you might get elsewhere. They're trying to be thought-provoking. They're trying to, to, yes, dabble in entertainment, but dabble in entertainment that has meaning. Right, It's, it's not just ephemeral. And so that, that really strikes the heart of the best of what HBO has done and, and the best of what Netflix has attempted, but maybe not always succeeded at with their originals. I think it's going to be interesting. And I think that between their pricing, five bucks a month, and between their everyone who buys new hardware gets, uh, gets a year's subscription. And by buys new hardware, I mean an iPhone, an iPad, a Mac, right? Uh, I think probably a HomePod is probably included in that that set. I'm not sure. Can't remember. But um, that's that's the thrust of it. Gets a year's subscription that they're going to get enough subscribers to make it a meaningful business. Well, I think Apple's doing it for the long term, uh, as it usually is. Yeah. But HBO uh, made its mark not just for you know, not being network television for going deeper with things, but it did have a generally more adult feel to things, and we're not seeing that yet from Apple. If anything, things that seem a little darker, a little edgier, are are being pulled back from by Apple. I mean, we won't know till we see them, but I, I don't well, associate it with the HBO model because of that. Yes and no. I think C, which is set in a world where everyone is blind, is is potentially somewhat dark. Right, that is an adult kind of theme and a thing to think about that might be scary to to people who are not adults. Um, the The one that got pulled was one that featured Richard Gere and another actor who I'm already forgetting, and uh, and had gun violence and almost glamorization of gun violence. And well, you could say that that's adult themed. Um, I, I think Apple's pulling it back from that is not about because it's adult, but because it's glorifying gun violence and doesn't align with Apple's values Except there. how far into the pitch did they have to go before they knew what they were getting and something happened to make them pull out. Um, I, are they changing their attitudes? Are they trying to dance right on the edge and not quite making it? We'll see when we see. But um, I, I get it. I, just, I don't agree that it's the HBO model yet. It's closer to Disney, I think, than HBO. But we'll see. Mm, well, I mean, we don't have um, live-action remakes of animated adventures there. I'd, I'd, I'd say Disney is probably not necessarily the right model either. But we'll, we'll continue watching. What's going to be interesting is to see how much content they've actually got in store, because they've, they've said that they're going to be launching new shows, um, what, monthly? Yeah. That said to me, we haven't got that many, which is what I've thought of before. Really, uh, if this was a network, they are—they're doing the thing that um, 
uh, was it Fox, wasn't it? The story Fox, Fox and UPN and all this that started out with so many evenings a week and very slowly expanded to full schedule. Apple's doing the equivalent of that, I think, with streaming. And yeah, why not? They'll get there, but it's limited, I think, at first. Well, looking forward to it. Uh, they also announced a new Apple Watch, and the new Apple Watch comes in aluminium for you, yeah, stainless steel, titanium and ceramic uh and i would say the key thing is that it's always on but i i love this i don't know if you noticed this uh apple's attention to detail every apple speaker whose watch we could see up to the moment of the announcement was wearing an apple watch series 4 everyone afterwards was wearing an apple watch series 5 isn't that really really mm -hmm. thought out i love that stuff yeah yeah and the watch, as you say, has an always-on display. And what they're doing is they're dimming the display rather than putting it completely to sleep. And the storage size has increased. So you now get, what, 32 gigs of storage in it instead of something like 8? Yes. Um, I can't remember if it was 8 or 16. I'm just not sure. I don't tend to use the storage for all that much. I know you can put music and stuff on, but since uh, I, I don't have the um, LTE version, I just have the regular GPS one. So I keep all my stuff on my iPhone. Uh, do you think that's going to make a... Oh, well, actually, even saying it to you, you can see that's a further step down the route to freeing the watch from the phone. Isn't that? Mm -hmm. yeah, see what well, they did there. Our good friend, your friend and mine, Neil Hughes, loved to put music on his watch because he'd go running... Oh, yeah. And maybe connectivity wasn't great enough for Apple Music or whatever reason was. He wanted to have the music there. Yes. And so that increase in storage is a big favor to people who use the watch like Neil does. And a big favor, well, the op whatever the opposite of a big favor is for me who doesn't like running. I'd have to run longer now. God, they don't think about us lazy types, do they? Not especially. Yeah. Well, except when they're thinking about you in terms of the Breathe app and closing your activity rings and getting you up and moving okay. once an hour. Right. They do think about you, William. What I don't understand is yesterday I was running across Birmingham City Centre. I live in Birmingham in the UK, running workshops, going everywhere, missing connections, doing all this stuff. And I managed to triple my move goal, uh, smash the exercise goal, but somehow not come even close to my stand goal. I was quite hurt. By that. But this is a separate issue. I understand. Okay, you uh, are you going to get an Apple Watch Series Five? I haven't had one since the Series Zero. I like the idea very much, but um, I am more focused on buying a new phone at this moment. All right. In which case, um, are you pre-ordering? Before we do that, <laughs> I want to tell you about one of our proud sponsors of the show. When you're preparing to travel abroad this summer, and of course the summer's almost over, but when you're preparing to travel abroad, there's a lot of things on your checklist to pack. But what's probably missing is the one app that's going to keep you safe and secure online while you're away, ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN doesn't just encrypt your data while you surf the internet on public airport and, and hotel Wi-Fi. It, it even lets you stream and access content that normally would have been blocked in that country. With ExpressVPN, you can unblock all your favorite websites and have access to the internet just like you would if you were at home. It runs in the background of your computer or phone, and then you use the internet just like you normally would. You download the app, you click connect, and voila, you're protected. I never go online while traveling without ExpressVPN, and you shouldn't either. ExpressVPN is the fastest VPN I've tried, and it costs less than $7 per month, and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. 
ExpressVPN uses new cutting-edge technology called Trusted Server to make sure there are no logs of what you do online. So no matter what you're trying to browse online, ExpressVPN gives you instant access all over the world. Don't travel anywhere this summer without downloading ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months for free at expressvpn.com slash appleinsider. That's expressvpn.com slash appleinsider for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash appleinsider to learn more. And and it's true, you know, I have normal websites like my health insurance website that don't work outside of the U.S. Oh. When I'm traveling in Hong Kong, they don't want me to pay my bill online. They want you to relax and have a good time or They want me to, to forget to pay my premium and let the insurance lapse, which would be terrible. Okay. So instead, ExpressVPN actually allows that website to work and allows me to pay my health insurance premium. Ah, what does it matter if you skip one? God, so fussy. Okay, I did not know that, and I'm going to China uh, next year for a thing. Are you really? Yes. So uh, I feel I will be VPNing up. Thank you. You you probably should, yeah. No, I, uh, I I did it when I was in Hong Kong. I've done it when I've been in China in the past. And it's, you know, there, there, there's no 100% protection kind of thing you can do. Um, but using an iPhone and using a VPN like ExpressVPN are both good plans. ExpressVPN, of course, protects your connectivity. And with an iPhone, the beauty of the iPhone is that if you needed to, if you really had to, you can restore back to a known good cryptographically secure state by restoring through iTunes. Okay. So it's it really is is a good plan. It does kind of leave um, now. Let's talk question, about. Though. Are you pre-ordering? Okay. I, I'm going to have to. Yes. Oh. So what are you going to pre-order, and why, and what, and, and when, and who, and which, and where? Well, so this is the debate. Let's let's talk about this. First of all, there are three new iPhones that were announced. They are the iPhone 11, the iPhone 11 Pro, and the iPhone 11 Pro Max. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Now, you tell me. What's the difference between them? Okay. Um, the, the two Pro models have a considerably better screen, uh, fewer bezels, better camera system. I mean, actually, radically better camera system than I was expecting, even though I knew it was supposed to be a triple thing. Um, better battery life. Uh, other than that, not a huge amount. All right. So l l what's the same between them? Is it the same processor? It is. Okay. Uh, Yep, you got me. That's it. It's basically the same phone with uh, bits on the outside are different, but significantly. Yeah. So, pretty much, it is. It is base. It's the same processor. It's the same GPU because that's built into the processor. It's um, largely the same, right? The screen technology is different, as you said. The screen sizes are a little different, as you said. And, and of course, the devices are thicker than in years past. They weigh a little more than in years past, um, but they have more battery life. For example, the iPhone 11 is analogous to a 10R, and it has one more hour of battery life than a 10R. The iPhones 11 Pro tend to have either four or five hours more battery life. Screen technology is different, as you say. The camera system, uh, 
the iPhone 11 has a wide and now an ultra-wide lens. The 11 Pro has a telephoto wide and ultra-wide lens. When you put it like that, uh, I would... Uh, be you saying it like that is how it makes me think of the way I thought of it before it was coming out. I was conscious there was likely to be a triple camera system and that people who like this stuff really liked it, but I didn't have any particular interest. Uh, I do take photographs, but not a great deal. And then when it came out, and specifically when they had Filmic Pro showing that amazing version of their app on it, that's the one. Suddenly I thought, oh, I need to get one of these. I don't know how yet. I have to trade in or something but it's the triple camera system with video. The ability to record both the close-up and the widescreen at the same time. I mean, actually, uh, when I'm I'm filming, I don't usually and, want my widescreen to And the front-facing camera, mate. I don't want it to be exactly the same angle, but to have that facility there, you know instantly that you get coverage, the editing options are much better, and you can cut down on your shooting time. It's uh, just amazing, yes. Right, and it also uses the front-facing camera. Yes, you can say so you can have... Uh, can you have all four cameras going at the same time? Yep. Um, yeah. And, but recording simultaneously, it's just brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't get a 64 gigabyte uh, iPhone when you're shooting 4K times four, but, you know, you could. Yeah. So my intention here, because you keep asking mm -hmm. me, is to get a 256 gig phone. Mm-hmm. Hang on, let me guess. I can tell. It seems to me you're going for the iPhone 11. I am leaning that way. And and the reason is solely around cost. Yeah. I am I am having a hard time rationalizing the the jump in price. Well, it sounds to me like you're much more uh, on the verge of pulling the trigger to buy it, and, and I still can't. I spent a lot of money on the phone last year, and Apple's uh, trading thing is good, but it's not the best. Well, so I, I'm, I'm not so sure, but I am leaning towards the iPhone 11 Pro. Right. So for me, the situation is this. If I were trading in, my carrier, Verizon in this case, would give me a, a trade-in value that's probably maybe a, about a hundred bucks less than I owe on the phone because I've been doing an installment payment plan. Right. And so trading in would make reasonable sense, mm -hmm. more or less, you know, give up a hundred for the privilege of having the newer thing. I'm not doing that because I really don't need to, to trade in the phone. What I really need to do is get another phone. I'm replacing my daughter's iPhone 6. All right, right. And so my, my plan was to hand her my 10R and then replace it with something else for me. That works. Now, I could replace it with another 10R, but if we're doing this and it's this year, I may as well just go ahead and get an 11, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I get the same phone with a better processor and an additional hour of battery life and another lens. I've nearly paid off my iPhone XS Max, and I, in an ideal world, I would keep it and get the new phone so that I have two really good cameras for shooting. But, you know, I just, it's not really financially practical. So if you can do that with yours, yes, go for it. Yeah. Let's see. Other things that are important to note here iPad. Yes, I honestly wasn't expecting that. I thought if anything was going to come up that wasn't. 
uh, you know, and I found it might be an iPad Pro because we knew some were coming. But it seems like a, a nice, uh, it's the cheapest iPad around, isn't it? And I like all of it's, those words. It's very affordable. It's 329 or 299 US educational pricing. Mm-hmm. And basically it is, is mostly the same device as before, except that now it's a 10.2 inch screen. Which is a substantial difference. Yes. Well, over 9.7. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it doesn't sound like it is. Just when you see it, I think uh, you very conscious. It's difficult to go. It's one of these things Apple always does this, that it's hard to go back one. And I, I sort of like the fact that they've already made my 10s Max seem really old. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> that wonderful thing. Oh, that old thing. Yeah. How do they do it? Tim Cook actually said, he put the slide up and said, it was the most advanced iPhone we've ever done. And yet there was something dismissive about it. Like that's history. Who would buy one of those? We've got these. Yeah, I don't know. Well, so this is a good question. Um, one of the things that I thought about when I was watching the keynote was how rehearsed and and how sort of by rote and passionless these things have become. Oh, interesting. I, I grant you rehearsed to within an inch, uh, but passionless? I was actually watching the launch of the iPhone SE from, what was that, 2016? Uh, exciting a feature for mm-hmm. Apple Insider. And I was surprised how lackluster it was uh, compared to the stuff we've had now. I mean, it was a new phone then, but it was almost like, oh, well, I suppose it does this kind of thing. It was really low-key level. That's how I felt about this event um, in, in many ways, that the presenters were repeating the the scripted tropes, right? You know, the, the lines are the same lines from keynotes of years past, that they lack the energy that jobs would have given into them. Now, of course, any Craig Federighi segment mm-hmm. is going to be full of life and full of energy and with a little bit of humor. And and that's probably the best representation of of what a keynote should be that lives on from that jobs kind of era of presenting. But Tim Cook is quiet and reserved, and we know it. And that's fine. Greg Joswiak, or Jaws as we're calling him, is pretty quiet and reserved and, and by the book's ho-hum. But, you know, it, it, it was very much repeating the the lines that we've come to expect from these keynotes without a whole lot of passion or, or exuberance. There is an Apple event drinking game, or there should be, isn't there? Yeah, you can predict the giant majority of things they'll say, it's the best iPhone we've ever done, all that kind of stuff. But Phil Schiller, yeah. there's no doubt that man really is a camera nerd. And, and there's something delightful about seeing his excitement. And I thought Deirdre, I find it very hard to call her Deirdre, because in Britain it would be Deirdre, but... Deirdre O'Brien. I actually thought she was a better speaker than Angela Arons used to be, and I thought Arons was good. So um, mm-hmm. I didn't come away from that thing this way. Hmm. We just perhaps very far away in Hong Kong or somewhere, and it they looked. It's it's just that when you, you know there there were people that that saw this that told me this is awkward. Wow. That. It's it's really, you know, why are they forcing product managers to do this when it's not what they do, when it's not their thing? And, and of course, the answer to that is you want these people who are involved in these things getting up and speaking about it. But you presume that they would be able to communicate why it's so cool or communicate the passion behind it that it's so cool. And 
really, I think the the best part of that kind of passion that really came across was in the video, the pre-recorded video about um, the the watch and people with disabilities. Mm. That was very good, but okay uh i can't remember this uh, i can't remember the first time craig federico spoke um at any of these events but uh, i somebody was mentioning recently that his very first time he was everything you just said of stilted and awkward and now uh look at him he's a true showman and a uh, very likable showman for it so you know people take time people do things i don't think you have any doubt that they know what they're doing um whereas for example i mean, it's unfair that this leaps to my mind, but whenever I'd watch Steve Barmer doing a Windows presentation, I wasn't fully convinced he was certain of all of the words he was using. And I know that's unfair mm -hmm. of me, but that's the image that would always come across. So didn't have that with it. Balmer as as the owner of the Clippers is a lot more convincing than Balmer as the head of Microsoft. Uh LA Clippers is that baseball I think yeah. it's a sports thing basketball basketball, basketball. Right. okay I've never seen him talk about them but I don't follow any sports he so. is he he has all the same exuberance that he used to do with the developers dance but but it's believable it's credible because he's into basketball he's into his team he's supporting his team it's totally believable where it really it it wasn't and that's why he was widely ridiculed besides being sweaty and jumping around and with with these keynotes, to go back to something that you and I have talked about numerous times, she just, they, they, it just looks a little tired. Uh, I don't disagree. I'm just I'm not with you. I I think this is the first time in ages I was a little uh, weary of. How to, I don't remember ten years ago a friend who actually works in the PC press was saying how annoyed he was. Uh, that he had to cover the Apple event because just like ever, they take this long to do something. But I'm like, mm. yes, they always do. So come in for the end if that's the only bit you want. I, I didn't understand. I got his analysis, but his objection to it. This one time, I usually think that Apple is really good at painting a picture and making it seem inevitable that you will see the world the way they want you to. And this time there are a couple of stuff, uh, things where I didn't have that. I, didn't, I never get it with the game stuff because I'm just not a gamer. So I kind of mentally tune out anyway. But even with Apple TV+, Plus, which is much more my wheelhouse, um, yeah. I knew most of this stuff already and I got a little bored. But other than that, I, I really, really yeah. perked up uh, during the, uh, the Filmic Pro. I mean, I think I literally sat up for it because it had never occurred to me uh, that the three cameras would be that useful. So, so, so here's my summary on, on what's going on here. You know, there are people who say, stop saying it's a new phone. It's the same phone as last year's with a new camera. Fine, I get it. I, I think what happened here is that they are touching on improving every part of the experience in some way for every type of customer. So, if you are that casual gaming customer and you want games that your family can play without being swamped with in-app purchases or adverts, Apple Arcade is the way to do that. And the new processor has even better support for Metal, so you're going to get better quality of games. You know, one, one person told me, here's a game that would look better and be easier to play on an Xbox. Well, maybe, but the fact that it looks as fantastic as it does on this platform, on the phone, and is going to work on Apple TV is a good thing right? 
So if you're into games, you've got something, you've been addressed. If you're into cameras and if you're into photography or movies, you've got something, you've been addressed, right? If you're into using the phone for things that are, are complex, like, um, you know, you're doing documents and stuff like that, you're, you, you've, you've been addressed, you've got serious shortcuts and things like that. You, you, every part of this touched on something that people do with the phone. Okay. Yes, that's true. But you're building to something. So, so th- this, you know, when people say this wasn't innovation, how dare they call the event innovation? Well, fine, but every part of the phone got touched and improved for every type of user. People also say, how dare they call the iPhone Pro a Pro phone when, in fact, it's the same processor and same guts as the other phones. Right. How long right. have we had this? And pro that's a argument? valid argument, yeah. right? It doesn't. You know, when we talk about pro machines, they should have more grunt, more hardware support to be able to handle heavier tasks, and and these ones arguably do not. Or the non-pro one is lucky. Fine, but what's the differentiation? Does there have to be a differentiation? The camera sells it when for they me. put a pro label on it. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> so. Uh, I, I think they would have been better served if they had named them similarly to how they name the Apple Watch. Uh, right? Apple Watch Series 5, and it comes in two sizes. Right? So you'd say iPhone Series 11 or whatever comes in three sizes. That kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Well, I think I might prefer that to iPhone 11 Pro Max, which does seem to need a bit of a run-up uh, to it, but... It's easier to say than XS Max or XS Max. Yeah, isn't that funny? I've already you forgotten. Know, or which even it though okay. they they could do they could do iPhone 2019. Yeah, come January the first. Uh, I mean, it's not like it hasn't been done before. Windows 95 came out, I think, in November. Uh, very famously, Adobe Illustrator 88. Uh, I'm not sure they made it before 89. And then there's Dragnet 55, uh, Galactica 1980. It's all been done and never successful. I mean, I'm just looking. So. If I open up uh, the, the About This Mac on my Mac. Yeah. Oh, it'll it, say it late says that, 2018 or early 2019 uh, or something like that. In this case, mid-2014. Right. Mine just says brackets 2018. They knew they were only going to bring in yeah. one out. Okay. Yep. So... Any of those, I think, are preferable to the the name that you mentioned, and I think preferable to using Pro for something that is not differentiated from the non-Pro machine. I think these phones are Pro machines. I just agree with you that in so many ways there aren't. There's a differentiation with the other one, but I I'm not yeah. saying they're not Pro because the non-Pro one is good. If you see, if you can. Yeah. Follow your chain right. for that. Now, I, I, I had another discussion with a fellow who was looking at all the filmmaking features and was looking at all the, the stuff that Filmic was doing and the cinematic stabilization, which looks awesome, mm. and said, who, who exactly is going to use this? <laughs> and I said, well, Steven Soderbergh, for one. And he says, yeah, that's what I thought, but who else? And I, I said, you know, thinking about this, I think the answer is really that it's not about Steven Soderbergh. It's, it's about finding the next generation of filmmakers and giving them the tools that the earlier generations didn't have. For example, Steven Spielberg, right? His earliest stuff 
was taking a film camera and capturing his Boy Scout troop shooting movies. They were playing cowboy movies, and and he filmed it, right? I didn't know that, but okay, yeah. yeah. And and Kevin Smith, when he went to do Clerks, right? They rented cameras. They did it on a shoestring budget with film. Um, there there are a number of people who have said throughout the years that I've been looking at this, don't go to film school. Instead, spend the time and effort learning about scripting and then go out and shoot a movie on your own. That that the money that you put into film school may better serve you by actually going and trying to make stuff and learning by doing. Yes, it's a very strong argument. I'm sure there are people who counter it, but that's what I think as well, yeah. And that making these tools, making three cameras, making it or four cameras if you include the front, making it possible to use them all at the same time, making tools like Filmic is about discovering the next generation of filmmakers by making the tools accessible. I was going to say I couldn't agree more, but I actually think I can agree just a little bit more because as well as all of that, there's me. There's a project I've just shot that would have been easier with exactly this and there's stuff i got planned for next year that will be better because of this if I get one of these phones. So, yeah, who uses them? Me. Hello. And, and that is all I have to say about this. If you have a recommendation for which phone I ought to get, go ahead and write me at victorappleinsider.com. And, you know, we've been doing this, this podcast for ages. This podcast has been going on since before the introduction of the iPhone 6S, at least. Goodness me, I did not know that. Okay, I'm trying to work out when I oh, started yeah. listening then. It can't have been that long after, actually, but how time flies. Okay. I remember discussing on this very show about the rumors around 3D Touch. Right. <laughs> and then we got 3D Touch introduced. And now, with this iPhone, 3D Touch is dead. Oh, were we ever that young? Okay. It's been replaced with haptic touch. Yes. And, and, and you know, someone said to me this morning, this very morning, what what is the point of 3D Touch? I never understood the allure of it anyway. And... I think the problem there was that 3D Touch was meant to be kind of like a right-click menu, a contextual menu on Mac, or kind of like a way to dive into an app without actually having to launch the whole thing. And the problem is that it really wasn't a consistent interface from, from app to app, and it wasn't discoverable in the way that you knew what you were going to get when you did it. And uh, for those reasons, I think Siri Shortcuts is probably the replacement for it. I think that's not a, a clear replacement. It's not exactly a direct line, but that that's where that kind of thing goes. I've been reasonably consistently using it for Launch Center Pro. I put a couple of things in there that I often use. The trouble is I have noticed that without a reason that I can work out, sometimes I will press it. Launch Center Pro opens with a little you know menu of the four things I want. And sometimes it does that and offers me a, a QR code reader. And I can't, the one time I wanted a QR code reader, it didn't come up. So I kind of just gave up using that sort of stuff. So inconsistency within a single app is an unexpected issue, but you're right, it's there. So, Well, I want to talk a little bit for a second about Taylor Store. Taylor Store is an online shop that creates customizable dress shirts that start at just $59 with endless options to choose from for men and women. And they make it really easy to get your measurements. And instead of using a tape measure, there's an app for the phone. And you, you go ahead and install the app on your phone. You put it down at the, the sort of the corner of the wall angled up. And then you stand a few feet away within the, the frame that they put on the camera screen of the phone. 
and it takes pictures of you and then uses that to create your measurements. So instead of having to, to work out what your measurements are, they get it from a picture of you. Their generous perfect fit guarantee takes the risk of ordering away completely. If it doesn't fit as you'd like it to, they remake it for free, and you don't even have to bother with returns. The faulty shirt is yours. You can keep it. You can return it to charity. You can do whatever you want. They are a 100% carbon neutral business committed to making the world a fairer and better place. So I, I did this. I, I went ahead and I used the app and I took pictures of myself and ordered a shirt. And the measurement process was pretty easy. The, the app worked well. I wasn't entirely positive how it would work out, you know, never having done this before. But it, it totally, totally happened. And they emailed me pictures of my shirt as they were making it. And then I got the shipping notification. And sure enough, it showed up pretty soon after. Um, the quality is the same or better as shirts that I would have bought off the rack. And I like it. I really do. I like the ability to customize. And of course, my, my wife and my friend looked at me and said, why are you making such ugly shirts? And the answer is, I don't know. But I was just having so much fun with the customizer and making all the different options for all the different things that I'd want to do. It was great. And I like it a lot. So you can get started with your very own made-to-measure dress shirt today at taylorstore.com slash appleinsider. You'll get 20 bucks off a selected range of their premium dress shirts or $30 off a selected luxury dress shirt, plus free shipping on your first order. That's taylor, T-A-I-L-O-R, store.com slash appleinsider. I've got to ask, just to make sure I, I understand this. They do this from a photograph. Yep. Yes. I'm not sure I could resist sending an older photograph of me where I look better. And then it just didn't... Well, it wouldn't really fit very Thanks. well, would it? Okay. That's a really generous <laughs> assumption you've made there. Don't change, William. Never change. <laughs> well, that is all the time we have. William, what phone would you buy oh, if you could buy one? I am looking at an iPhone 11 Pro 256 gigabytes one because i have a 10s max uh, 64 gigabyte and and it is too cramped i knew it would be but yeah uh, you really feel the pinch every now and again but i just i don't know because i also fancy the watch uh, my ipad pro my i have an original ipad pro that's going a little bit wrong so basically i what i need is vastly more money and then i'll buy them all yeah mm. yeah i'm taking suggestions if you like go ahead and email me please i enjoy that and uh, if you have any words of encouragement, go ahead and let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Victor at AppleInsider.com or, of course, William at AppleInsider.com. We will be back next week. Thank you so much, everybody. 